Hey friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host of the Full Confidence Ahead podcast, where we go on a journey together, tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from careers to community. And today I am thrilled to introduce to you Brittany Herman. Brittany is a tax attorney, summa cum laude graduate from Georgetown University Law School, and founder of her own nonprofit, We Will Organization, which is dedicated to sexual assault prevention and survivor empowerment. She founded the organization after overcoming her own sexual assault. And you guys, Brittany is one of my heroes because not only did she overcome this really dark moment in her life, but she used that to bring light into other people's lives. So I think she'll become one of your heroes after listening to this episode as well. But Brittany is currently practicing law in Columbus, Ohio, and continuing her reach as the We Will Organization founder. We want to make sure that we're giving Brittany and our other guests here on the show the recognition that they really deserve. So make sure to go and leave a rating and comment on the show saying thanks to Brittany and our other guests and leave them a little note of something you liked in the episode. They love hearing it. So while you're reading the show, make sure to hit follow so you don't miss out on the amazing conversations that we have every Tuesday. You guys, I am beyond thrilled to have Brittany on here. One, because she has been an inspiring person in my life and I just admire um, who she is becoming, but also because to our listeners, Brittany is a dear friend of mine. I got to meet her through the Miss America program and I am so grateful for her and her positive example, but she is an incredible woman and very smart. And Brittany, you, you're doing law right now. And as a woman, that's, that's kind of a unique thing. And that's, you're pursuing it actively. You're a tax lawyer. Can you tell us a little bit about how you even got into law school? Like how, what did this interest come out of? Yeah, I would love to. And thank you, of course, so much for having me. I'm, I love speaking with you. And so it's so fun to to be here and to get to have this conversation. But getting into law was something that I knew I was kind of interested in kind of from day one um, of college. So I started out as a music major and was a music major for two days and then decided, you know what, I've always known that I wanted to do law. And so I'm going to pursue that. I'd done debate in high school and was just really interested in, in that sort of thing and in getting to formulate a really solid argument and do all the research. I thought it was so fun. And so I went through college, applied to BYU Law School, got in two days before classes started because I'd applied late. It was like, it was a whole journey. <laughs> but yeah, I'd, I'd applied late um, because I didn't, I, I finished college in three years instead of four. And that wasn't really part of the plan. It wasn't really on purpose. And so by the time it came to go ahead and get started with applications for law school. Those, for me, the, that time had already passed for everyone else. And so I was waitlisted and then got in two days before classes started. So that was really fun. And while I was there, I, I hated math and never wanted to take tax law because I knew it involved a lot of math, but something just kept pulling me to that area. And it was really intimidating. It was really scary. I remember the first tax law class I walked into because I finally gave in. There was actually only one other woman in the room. And it was really, really interesting to me to kind of see that dynamic, realizing that that law is an area where more women go to law school than men. We still see more male lawyers than we see female lawyers because um, women who go to law school end up going into different things. But 
but I didn't, I didn't think I'd see such a disparity with the area that I wanted to go into. So initially that was really intimidating, but I'm so happy I got over it. I went on to go to Georgetown for my LLM and now I'm a practicing attorney and I, I absolutely love it. That's amazing. I kind of want to dig into that moment of, of you walked in and there's one of a female in there. Cause I think this situation probably happens to us, whether we're male or female, or it can be a racial minority. We're going to find ourselves in situations where you feel you're of the minority, you're kind of feeling uncomfortable. And that can be scary, whether it's your gender, your race, or your identification, whatever that is, it can be really intimidating. How did you get over that? Well, initially, it was scary. And especially knowing that I did not feel like I was particularly gifted in math. Um, to, to go into this room with a lot of men that I, I knew were accounting undergrads and that had had that really solid math experience. And then to, to, of course, be the only woman in the room, it was difficult. And at first, I thought maybe I don't belong here. But then it was a matter of pushing back on that and saying, why don't why why would I not belong here simply because I'm a woman that that really doesn't make any sense and I can't sit here and call myself any sort of a feminist if I'm going to say that I don't belong here simply because I don't look like the other people in the room and it's still difficult. Sometimes I still have to remind myself of that. I actually just went to a tax conference here in Ohio and of 200 participants, only 30 of them were women. It's, it's still happening and I'm still constantly having to remind myself. And you're right. Like there are going to be times in our life where we do feel that way. But I think it's just a matter of recognizing, okay, why am I thinking this way? Something in society made me think that women are bad at math or that I'm bad at math or that for some reason I don't belong here, anything like that. And then just pushing past it because I've I've now proven to myself that I, that I could do that. That is so cool to me. Cause I feel like I'm going to define this as imposter syndrome. I've been having a lot of conversations with people in my inner circle about imposter syndrome. I kind of feel like it's this buzzword right now is a lot of people are facing this, this crisis of what I'll call imposter syndrome, or when you go into a room and you don't feel like you fit in and what you did, I think was key. You pushed past it and you actually like challenged the notion of like, wait a minute, yeah, I do belong here. I think that's just so key because it's not bad that we necessarily feel that feeling, but it's what do you do once you have felt that feeling? And I especially love the fact you didn't even like math. Like this is, this is huge. I don't know if you understand like what you've done is totally a huge endeavor. You've walked into a room where you're in a field that's predominantly ruled by people who love or are self-proclaimed good at math, right? Um, And you necessarily didn't define yourself as that and you were of a minority and you're still there. Yeah, I think what it became is I, I have a thought initially like, oh, I, I really want to prove to others that I belong here and that I deserve to be here. But what I realized over time is it was proving to myself that I deserve to be here and that I belong there and, and those sort of things. And I think really like in life, when it comes to confidence, you really have to just try the thing, do the thing that intimidates you and, and then push past those feelings and prove to yourself that you, you're worthy to be there and that you deserve that because you do. You deserve to be able to pursue all of your endeavors. That is really interesting that you said it was proving to yourself because a lot, I think a lot of times those moments when we feel like, oh, do I really deserve it to see at the table? A lot of times, like you don't know the thoughts of other people. So you, you have no idea who's thinking that, let alone if anyone is. So that thought is coming from your own self. So if you actually use that and say, okay, you know what? It's not necessarily them. It's a me proving to me I deserve this. Because in the long run, you do, right? Like mm-hmm. you you deserve the opportunities you have. And so 
fight for that within yourself. I love your story right there. Thank you. Yeah, that is so, so beautiful to me and that you're still, like you still put yourself in this position. How was it at that conference? You're still noticing that you're in the minority. How did that film? Yeah, it made it even more awkward because not only was I in the minority as far as there being not very many women, but I was also by far, I think, one of the youngest people there. And it made me kind of hesitant at first to make comments or to ask questions um, of the of the presenters, but I realized that my contributions are just as valuable as everyone else's. And if it turns out I'm asking some dumb remedial question, whatever, like it's fine. They understand that I'm young. And I think, yeah, not projecting what you're feeling about yourself at your times of insecurity onto other people, I think is huge because at that conference, I was able to make a lot of connections. And I feel like it was because I was willing to put myself out there to ask questions, to approach presenters after they were done and to talk to them. And that success was only because I was able to push past those feelings. I think you just said something that is a huge takeaway. You said not projecting your own securities on other people because you have no idea if they're feeling that same way about you. Like you just just don't assume it because I think too often we do. Um, I think that's probably the biggest key to overcoming these insecurities, this, this imposter syndrome is, you know what, we have to recognize that those thoughts and feelings are from within. So just tackle your own personal and just prove to yourself you're, you have a seat at the table. It's not necessarily, you can't judge the thoughts of other people. So why don't we assume that they love you there and they're, they're going to accept you and all your diversity, right? Yeah. I think one of the best pieces of advice that I got was walk into any situation, assuming people are going to like you. And then if they don't, that's not your fault sort of thing. And I think, yeah, you can't walk into any situation. Like when I walked into that tax classroom, I'm not even sure if the other men noticed that there was only two women in the room, right? Like there was no reason for me to feel insecure. They weren't, they weren't necessarily feeling that way about me. So yeah, I think, I think it applies in a lot of areas of life. That is so cool. Just I, w- I want to adopt that mantra of just walking in, assuming that, okay, well, I guess everyone likes me. And then if not, then, then at least I didn't push a wrong assumption. You know, at least I didn't feel something that, that I was assuming. I think that, that is so cool to even say that. Um, and I love that and how you've like pushed past these, these fears that you've had. You, you have pushed past a lot of fears in your life, Brittany. And I kind of want to go back to... Um, in her bio, I mentioned that she started this organization called We Will. And I kind of want you to talk about this as well, because this to me is huge. You have looked fear in the face and not only gotten past it, you've made people better because of this. So can you kind of just talk us through what is We Will and let's let's dive into that a little bit. Yeah, We Will is a nonprofit organization that I founded, and it is dedicated to sexual assault prevention and survivor empowerment. And the idea for this organization really it goes back to a sexual assault that I experienced myself. And and you're right, like I I looked, I think evil right in the face. And I don't know. I think that there's very few ways to describe that moment of just sheer terror. Um, and, and words really, I think, are insufficient to describe it. And over time, I just, I got really angry about what had happened to me and felt like there was a lot of other things that my community, my family, um, my friends, like just society in general could have done better to prevent that from happening to me. And I did a study at Brigham Young University looking at whether sexual education could help prevent sexual assault. And I found that it could. And 
once I found that, I thought, wow, well, this is really cool information. I'll just volunteer for an organization that focuses on sexual assault prevention through education. But I couldn't find one. And I thought, well, I guess there's no better person than me to go ahead and try this out. And if I fail, I fail miserably. But if I succeed, if I succeed, I could change women's lives. I could change everyone's life. I could change my own life. And I found that that has been the case. And I've been working on this organization now for three years, and it has been the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. And it's so, so like interesting because sometimes I'll have these moments where it feels so overwhelming and like I, I can't do anything else that I'm just stuck and that I'm working so hard and then nothing's coming of it. And then I'll receive a, a message from someone telling me how much the work that I'm doing has helped them. And I've just always thought that with this work, if I can prevent this from happening to one other person, if I work my whole life and I can only prevent one sexual assault, or if I can even prevent just one person from feeling the way I did after my sexual assault, then my whole life is worth it. And that's really why I've started this organization because I can live with the fact that I've been sexually assaulted. But now that I have this knowledge that we can prevent sexual assault, I couldn't live with myself if I chose to do nothing about it and didn't use this knowledge to benefit others. That is one of the most powerful lines I have heard all day long today is that you, when you've had this knowledge and empowerment that you, you needed to take a stand. And I think maybe some of us at times in our life have, have felt that calling. Um, and you were brave enough to actually do something about it. Um, and I love how you've taken initiative, especially out of a very dark and difficult situation and saying, okay, I have the knowledge, maybe not to change my past, but to same change someone else's future. And I'm not going to sit here. I'm going to change that. And you said something that just struck me so hard is you said, if I fail, I fail, but if I succeed, and I want to dwell on that for a moment. Brittany, you are not afraid of failure. Do you realize that? <laughs> I. It's been a skill I've had to consciously, very purposely put in effort to develop. But but yeah, I've, I've come to that point and I'm, I'm really happy about it. It's benefited my life a lot. How did you even develop that skill? I, I love what you said there, that it's that facing failure was a skill that you developed. That's so unique. So how did you develop that? It came from trying a lot of new things. So like you mentioned earlier, um, we met through the Miss America organization and it's not something that I wanted to get involved in because, well, that I'd wanted to get involved in for a long time, but I hadn't gotten involved in because I felt like I didn't fit that mold and I didn't belong in that group or that conversation. All these women were far more accomplished than me and far prettier and all these other things. And I just have to say, I'm like, more accomplished than Brittany. I like look at you and your resume and like more pretty. I'm like, you are studying. So I, oh, I go back to those projections. I'm like, wow, oh, of anyone, sure. you are the one who does fit, even though there is no mold. But anyways, yeah. that's really no, so. So yeah, but before I got in the organization, yeah, I didn't know that there wasn't a mold. And so I was too scared to do it. And I just, I don't know. I was talking to my sister one day and she was just like, but Britt, like, if you never do it, you're going to live your whole life wishing that you had. But if you do it, you might have the best time of your whole life. And and that really resonated with me. I think about um, 
like things that I'd done in high school, like, oh, like I didn't join the swim team for a really long time, even though I loved swimming and I swam on club team because I was too nervous to like hang out with these new people and all these other things that I delayed in my life so much getting involved in things that I wanted to do and trying new things because I was afraid that I would have a horrible time if I did it. And I think just over time it became fine. I'm, I'm going to try it. And if it goes horribly, it goes horribly. And if not, then, then I might have the time of my life. And it's really, it's, it's not necessarily something that you can do every day. Like, well, okay. Just scratch that because I meant to say, (laughs) so it is something that every day you have to practice and something that I do practice every day. So when I'm in classes, or at least when I was in classes during law school, I decided any question I feel like I might know the answer to, I'm going to answer. And if I'm wrong, Sure. Maybe people think I'm an idiot, but why does that matter? <laughs> like, at least I'm participating. And I, I know that I got so much more out of my classes from doing that and things like that. So it's just really a matter of practicing the habit. It's a matter of trying new things, putting yourself out there. And over time, you'll learn that failure is really not a big deal. My favorite thing each week is just to listen to the stories of these incredible people on the podcast. They give me confidence in all areas of my life. The Full Confidence Ahead sponsor, Utah Money Moms, has boosted my financial confidence. I remember the first time I heard about them on YouTube, I just found this video about tracking your expenses they had done, and it was so simple and confidence building that I went to their website and started downloading as much material as I could. Make sure you head over to utahmoneymoms.com after this episode to sign up for their free webinars on all financial topics from the basics of budgeting to estate planning. Uh, I can't, you just said failure is not even a big deal. Maybe we've put ourselves into this box of like, oh, but if I fail, but I get like, so what? You're going to still wake up the next day, right? Life is going to keep going on. Yeah. And I think so often we think that if we fail, it's going to wreck us and things like that. And it might hurt your ego for a minute, but the the thing is, it, when you're putting yourself, when you're saying you can't fail and you're putting that that barrier to your success, what you're really doing is you're putting your pride above what you want to do in your life. And I just think like people don't care as much as you care. So if when I answered questions wrong in class, I'd be embarrassed for two minutes and then realize no one else cares. No one else has will think about this ever again, probably. And that's okay. And so I just think, yeah, it's it's a matter of recognizing that it's your own insecurity. It's your own idea of what you're like that prevents you from, from putting yourself out there. And I don't even know if that's making any sense, but it's just this idea that that yeah, it's it's your own it's your own pride that prevents this. And so what I've learned though is that by trying new things, I actually end up liking myself more. And if I fail, sometimes I like myself more because I think I'm I think it's kind of funny or it's whatever. It's just it's not a big deal. Or at least I've tried something and I've given myself that confidence. That's so interesting. You said that pride is a factor in all this and I had never considered that but you're so right a lot of times when I when I'm scared of failure it's because ego which is pride right but if I could just get over that and just say you know what it's not about pride success isn't about who the title I'll get but rather who I'll become and frankly who I'm becoming has nothing to do with anyone else's opinions but my own my own perspective on myself. How have you developed this, this solid perception on yourself? You are, you are someone who I feel like is very introspective. You are kind when you talk to yourself and that's sometimes hard for women 
So how have you developed that? I wish I could say that I was 100% kind to myself all the time. I think it's important to that when we have these conversations that we do talk about the fact that even people who have like accomplished all these things do sometimes feel insecure or feel like I don't belong places or I do have imposter syndrome sometimes. But I think what it all comes back to is honestly a quote by Leslie Nope. And this is going to sound so conceited, but you guys just have to bear with me for a second because her quote is, I'm not too big to admit that I'm often inspired by myself. And it's such a goofy thing. But for me, it's, I look back at what I've accomplished and I think I got over that. I can get over anything. I, I did these things. And so that gives me confidence to move forward in the future. I think about my childhood growing up in a family that was really poor and, and I got to law school and thought, oh, I don't belong in law school or all these other things. And I looked back at my past and it's like, but I got through college and I got into law school, like by every measure of every statistic, by my my family situation when I was younger, I should not be here, but I am. And so for me, it's a matter of looking back and seeing what you've accomplished, that then you can look forward to tell yourself that you're capable of more. That is so beautiful, that looking back, because the reality is when you find yourself in the opportunity, you deserve it, like you're there. So embrace it and love it. Um, and the looking back, I think, is what is gives that confidence and that, that perspective. And even the small successes, like the little things of, hey, like I even applied for the job. That that's a that's something to celebrate, right? And looking back, I, I love this perspective on actually you're looking back can help yourself with your view in the present and in the future. Yeah. And I think it's important that you keep a positive mindset when you're looking back, because I can look back at things that I definitely failed at. I can think of thousands and thousands of examples of things that I failed at. But when I look back at those recognizing, but I wasn't too scared to try it. And I'm proud of myself for that. And so I think that, yeah, looking back, keeping a perspective and just being kind to yourself about about those situations. I do take a lot of time to journal and to reflect on things and to celebrate those little moments that I have. Yeah, it's like, oh, I, I did my workout today or I got up on time or anything like that. It's like, I can get up on time tomorrow sort of things. Like, it's just, it's goofy, but you have to draw your inspiration from somewhere. So why not that have that be who you were before to who you want to become? That's incredible. I love that. Will you share with us something that you've tried recently and kind of walk us through the process? Recently, I did try to do a bodybuilding competition and it was a huge journey. I'd never done anything like that before. And honestly, part of the reason, like I talked about before with the Miss America organization, I didn't join it initially because they had a swimsuit portion. I was like, I'm not comfortable getting on stage in a swimsuit. Um, I'd had a lot of body insecurity issues and um, was really having a hard time working through them. But I started doing strength training after I left college because in college I was a competitive swimmer. And after that, I had nothing, nothing left to do and no workouts and, and the law school catered lunch like every single day. So I really, I needed something else to kind of get, get my energy up and, and to feel good about myself. And so I started weightlifting and actually got with a trainer who she specialized in preparing women for bikini competitions. But I, I don't know, I just got with her because my friend knew her and she, I got a pretty decent discount. And I was like, I could never do one of those. And over time, I just started seeing, seeing her, her clients compete and have a good time. And they weren't necessarily winning all the time or anything, but I thought, well, 
there's no reason I can't do that. Like I, I could try it. That, that could be fun. And so, yeah, I just, I told her one day, like, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about this. And it was great to have her there because she immediately was like, yes, let's go for it. And I do think that it, it is really nice in life to have those people who are your support system and your group or your crew who will say, yeah, let's go for it. Like I'm, I'm with you every step of the way. And she really, she pushed me to, to go ahead and to try it and gave me that confidence that I needed. And yeah, I went for it. I ended up placing fourth in my division. And I'm not going to say thank you. Yeah, I'm not going to say every moment was super easy because there are some days I didn't want to do the workouts or I wanted to eat something that was outside of my meal plan. But it was it was really confidence inspiring for me. And I don't I honestly don't know if I'll do another one. I don't know that I love the experience enough to to move on. And of course, part of me was like, oh, I wish I would have gotten first in my division. So feeling like a little sad about that sort of thing. But I look at that experience and that's something so far outside anything that I would have ever dreamed I would be doing in my life and trying it out. It it was fun. And, and yeah, I don't, I don't know that anything will come of it long-term except for that confidence that I gained that I, I can really do anything. If you can be on stage in a thong like bikini in front of people, literally judging your body, I'm pretty sure you can do anything. I love how you've taken your experiences and said like, you know what? I don't know necessarily if I'm doing this again, but I have gained skills from this because I think when we dissect all the experiences we have that's when we become better people it's not necessarily like okay my goal in this competition or this this purpose is to become the best bodybuilder but it's to become a better person in general and I see you dissecting every experience you've had to accumulate to the person that you you've become which is incredible to me yeah, it's it's something that I think I haven't necessarily done super consciously, except for, yeah, I, I mean, I do, I do think I look back on my experiences. So you're helping me like realize something about myself, I think in this moment and just, yeah, that I do think that that is a great way to ensure that you can move forward and do the things that you want to do in your life is by looking back and looking back with kind eyes at, at yourself. So I want to hear now, what is something that's projected? What's a goal that you have in your future? I'm just curious, honestly, from hearing like bodybuilding. I, I would have never known that about you either. It's not something I would have. And I saw your post one day. I was like, no way. <laughs> I'm like, this rocks. Like, I wouldn't even, you guys, she is a beautiful floutish. She's staying. And you were just like so talented. And so I'm just curious. What's, what's your next goal? Well... It's hard because I feel like when I got that question a few months ago, it's like, well, I'm not sure. Like I became a tax lawyer. I competed at a state Miss America competition. I have done all of these things that have been on my list for so long. And um, I do, I do keep a running list of the things that I want to accomplish in my life. Um, I just kind of took the attitude at one point, well, no one else is going to do these things for me. So I might as well try them out. And I'd kind of, I'd reached everything. And I think it's difficult a lot of the time when we're in school and we're kind of in this particular area of life where we're constantly achieving something that then when that period of our life ends, it's guys, it's kind of weird. And so it's like, well, I don't necessarily just want to like chase the next promotion or chase some like tax award or whatever. I don't know. Like I, I've had to like sit and really think about what I want to do and what I want to accomplish in this life. And so the next move, you guys are like the first people to hear about this outside my family, but I I'm going to transition from working full time as a tax lawyer and work as um, the 
manager of my nonprofit full-time. And that's a change that's coming within the next couple of years for me. And it's something that that is a difficult goal to get the amount of funding to support myself full-time to really take that leap and that leap of faith. But something that I've I've done is is listen to other people who have been successful in the ways that I want to be successful and try to emulate what they did. And whenever I hear of people who started their own business, who are really going for something, it always comes down to one moment, one moment where they decided to totally bet on themselves. And I'm ready for that moment for myself. And I still, of course, have to get everything in place. But that's the next big goal is to make my nonprofit self-sufficient to the degree that I can work on it full time and really fulfill that life calling that I felt. Well, we bet on you too. I, I love how you've said that all these people have kind of come down to a moment of, okay, I feel like our whole conversation has had this overarching thing of, do you believe? Like, do you believe in yourself? And that is, that is so difficult sometimes, really, when it comes down to it, you believing in you. And I think that's the root of true confidence is, is you believing that you can do it. Um, and I think we've given some tangible tools that you've given us. Um, part of that has been looking back, looking back with kind eyes and realizing what you have done. And then just telling yourself you do have a seat at the table. <laughs> I, I, my mind keeps going back to ha- Hamilton of where it happens. Like <laughs> yeah. you have in the room where it happens, you know, <laughs> but, yes. um, telling yourself that and not projecting your views on other people, I think are are three things that can help people confront themselves to to bet on yourself. So I hope today that's a signal for anyone who's listening to our podcast listeners, bet on yourself. Today is that day. And I love how Brittany has told us that. And as we're wrapping up our conversation, I want to ask you the question that we always ask at the end. And that is, if you could give yourself one piece of advice to make your younger self more confident, what would it be? It would be try new things and try them now, because I think that if I were to share my entire life story, there would be a lot of, oh, I'm not betting on myself quite yet. Like I'm not ready to take that step. The moment you think you want to do something, go for it. I think of of all the, all the experiences that I've had where I, I really did have the tools and I had the abilities that I needed to move forward and I was the only thing holding myself back. I think of joining swim team in high school. I was already a great swimmer. I already swam for club. I already knew that I could do it. It was just confidence holding holding myself back. I think about getting into tax law. I could have started a year earlier if I hadn't held myself back. With the Miss America organization, same thing. Like there, there are countless examples of times that I've held myself back, but once I've tried something, once I've gone for it, I have had endless possibilities open up for me. I've learned to love myself more. I've gained more confidence from it. And the more that I've tried things, the more that I've put myself out there, the more that I have felt comfortable with failure, the more that I felt comfortable with who I am and with just saying to others, this is who I am, take it or leave it sort of thing. And so my, my piece of advice would come down to try, try new things and try them now. I, Love that, Brittany, and your knowledge. And I want to make sure that our podcast listeners can come and find you, especially your organization. We we will. You have done enormous efforts to help with sexual abuse prevention. So where can people find you and your organization? 
Yeah. So my personal handle on Instagram is at Brittany underscore Herman, pretty easy. And then for my nonprofit, it is at we.will.organization, or you can go to wewillorg.com or we're on Facebook as we will. We have all sorts of resources that we would love for you to visit if, if that's something that you need in your life. Yeah, and I would encourage those who who've had those difficult circumstances in life. She has resources and education and is building a team that is it's truly incredible. So I would encourage you to go and, and look at her organization and what the enormous efforts that she has she has done. So Brittany, thank you so much for being on our podcast. I haven't loved our conversation. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I think a lot of times the feeling of fear comes from a lack of control in our lives. And our sponsor, PowerPay, is offering a money master course that's normally $40 for free to all Full Confidence Ahead podcast listeners so you can take control of your finances this year. The course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. So to claim your course, go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Pal, which is K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N-P-O-W-E-L-L, and it'll automatically add the money master course to your cart and you just click check out and you'll get it for free. You can also access your course by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the Money Master course under the finance category, then using the code KATIEANN, K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N, with no spaces, to claim your $40 discount and free course at checkout. So let's master our money together. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.